3: It's Jim Kramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action.
0: Good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Kramer, and we are live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures, of course, as we get ready to begin trading a half hour from now. Kind of a mixed bag after what was, at least if you're long stocks, not a good week last week. Let's get to our roadmap this morning. It does start with. Tesla shares they're getting a boost ahead of the open. Elon Musk coming up short on his own poll on whether he should stay or go as Twitter's CEO. And Meta Pressure, the European Commission says the social network may be violating antitrust laws by abusing its dominant online classified ads position.
4: No, you're not I'm seeing
0: Jim wave his hands at everything. No, I'm Finally, I mean- you're not going to wave your hands at this, though. We got the CEO of Costco joining us. Oh, no. no yeah, no, no. He's, he's, there he's you go. Right that one you're not going to wave away. We'll fact. talk about inflation, the holiday right. outlook. Of course, get a, a nice pulse on the consumer when we speak to Craig Jelinek a little bit later uh, in the hour. Um, how'd you vote? How did I vote on yeah, Musk? Vote? I felt like I, sh- I shouldn't. Oh, because you want to be
3: neutral? Yes. I felt, I felt, it was felt like, like I, I need I a sticker. I voted.
0: I didn't get a sticker. Um, we're starting with well, that uh, Elon Musk yeah, poll, of course. I had to vote. There. Uh, he, to by the out. way, he did ask issue, users excuse me, if he should step down um, and saying he would abide by the results. 17.5 million votes cast. That's pretty good. I know. And I, I voted. like When Contessa was
3: on, I voted, if, uh, I don't know, I voted like 524.
0: <laughs> the results West are minute. also giving a lift to shares of Tesla, of course. As you know, and we've talked about endlessly, the stock has taken a significant downdraft since, you can see it, 31%. That's just since the close of the Twitter well, David, transaction. If,
3: what do you think it means if he does step down? Does that mean, people keep saying that means bankruptcy. I keep thinking that no, it, no. it just means he's going to find a, yes. another CEO? Yeah.
0: Listen, that was always part of the plan. You know, we were looking back, it was in May, remember when I reported that he was telling the investor group that he had lined up the 7.14 billion uh, in equity investors that included uh, or you know Larry Ellison and Mark Andreessen. Uh, he was telling them at the time, I'm going to take over. Yeah. I, that was back in May. That was my story, right? I'm going to be temporary CEO and then I'm going to find somebody to run the company. Right. So I'm going to do it for a few months. And oftentimes these polls Jim do seem to be something that he already expects I know. to do. I know. Um, and but, so it's not a surprise. That said, it's not clear who his successor would be. No, but
3: uh, I have a, a lot of sources on Twitter. And yes, the disarray is palpable. But in some ways, that's Musk's way. I mean, he really kind of didn't want anyone from the old group. I think that this was so positive. I don't My chapter trust doesn't own Tesla, but it's such a positive for Tesla to read that. Because I think the biggest problem here was that there was definitely a sense that he's taken his eye off the ball. And now, I mean, he could appoint Joe Schmo and Tesla goes higher.
0: Yes. Uh, now, again, it's unclear whether he will listen to the poll, though he said that's his yes, intent. He say it was final. One would anticipate, again, if this was part of the plan that, we, that he was telling investors about last May, that he does have someone in mind to potentially take over. That said, he's the owner. I mean, he's still going to be able to dictate whatever it is he wants to happen. It would be through another person. But to your point, just simply saying I'm no longer CEO would certainly be beneficial for shares that have been cut by a third just since he closed the deal. Right.
3: But I really want to make this point that Tesla's not, Tesla's doing incredibly well. I mean, I think people don't understand there's a China problem, but I think that China is certainly reasonable given the fact that there's COVID. Yeah. Uh, Twitter doing poorly uh, because of some ad. Degradation, given the fact that...
0: Well, there's overall weakness in the ad market. We right. know about it across the board. Right. And obviously, is- he's, they've added to that with what you know, some of the problems there in terms of advertising. Just advertisers specifically pulling back on Twitter right now, saying, we'll wait. Right, but there, uh, you could have some consolidation in
3: that industry. I don't yeah. think it, it would be good. I also don't think, by the way, that he ever really put into place what he has in mind for Twitter, if he hasn't something in mind. Uh, a new CEO, I think, would be regarded as being positive for both. Because I think people think he's doing badly at both. Yep. And I, I think that the idea that he's doing badly at Tesla is just wrong. Tesla's doing quite well. Yeah. I think that the fact that he's doing badly at
0: Twitter, well, who would. Well, I mean, again, the, I'm looking at an Oppenheimer piece from this morning. They downgraded Tesla due to Twitter related risks. Right. I mean, that's the number one reason. Musk right. is increasingly isolated as the steward of Twitter's finances with his user management on the platform. We see potential for a negative feedback loop from for uh, departures of Twitter advertisers and users due to inconsistent standards, resulting in increased financing needs that may lead to incremental Tesla sales by him, um, just as the competitive environment yeah, intensifies. That that
3: vote made me feel like okay, Tesla sales are done, so buy some Tesla, right? Uh, and that there are I think there are plenty of people who want to do Twitter. I don't know if you read the excellent article by Jim Stewart this weekend.
0: About CNN? Yes. Yeah, I did. And, and Chris Licht, yeah.
3: Well, I I know Christopher what Yeah, time, sure.
0: I mean <laughs> what a what a terrible job to
3: take. In the end he took it. Yeah. Uh, and he took it, even though there's clearly some problems with CNN, he had to do a lot of firings or had to go along with them. But John, you know, I thought the Chris Licht article applied a lot of ways to what could happen with Twitter. Why? There's always someone who wants to be the CEO of something. Uh huh. Always. And even if
0: it's a troubled situation. Right. Right. And, and
3: I think that... I don't think,
0: he, I don't think James Gorman wants to be the CEO, though. No, John Ledger does. But I'm mentioning he, that because, of course, Morgan Stanley was the, the lead owner, on the $13 billion the, yeah, dollars wow. in financing. And when you do have the CEO uh, and owner of the company <laughs> bringing up the prospect of bankruptcy, that doesn't do a lot to sort no, of settle no, your nerves.
3: No, but I do think... Yeah, you know, look, it, it, the reason I just want to play the analogy out for a second is that... Uh, there is a moment in that article by Jim Stewart where Stephen Colbert says, you've you got you to be nice to take this. Yeah. I think that that's going to be the theme of whoever takes it, which is you've got to be nice to take it. But, you know, you're looking at Twitter the way it is, not the way it could be. There's a lot of things that could have done at Twitter that technologically they, they had fallen behind
0: on. But again, it would make a lot of Tesla investors. We've spoken to some of them. Gary Black we spoke to last week. Very happy because this idea of distraction has been a very significant one. Yeah. Jim, I'd love to move on to the broader sure, market. Sure, I'm sorry. Uh, just been don't be sorry. Um, you know, we, we saw the futures. Initially, looked like we were going to have a, a, an up-open, let's call it a bit mixed now. Um, of course, we are in the midst. Uh, we begin the week with the markets in the midst of a three-session losing streak. And that was, of course, after we got the rate hikes last week and the comments from uh, Fed Chair Powell. Dollar also a lot weaker. We didn't we should mention point out. Uh, Christine Lagarde. Christine Lagarde, G3. yes.
3: Three uh, calling for maybe three fifty basis points hikes from here, uh, which obviously would say, okay, we don't really even care about growth. Yep. Uh, I think that mattered. I also think obviously the bonds started going uh, down in price, up in in yield. But you know what, David? I, I get the sense that look, as long as wages. Are sta- even stable. That's not enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Once wages down, which means more people need to be unemployed, which is a tough call. We have paychecks this week. Right. Small business is a, a place where you'd like to see weakness, even though I think we never ourselves want to right. see. We still
0: weakness. got even if goods inflation comes down, wage inflation no, that differential.
3: He's not what what he's looking at. And by the way,
0: he's not. I'm sorry. When you say he's not looking at, you mean he's not looking at goods. He's he's looking at wages.
3: And and look, my thesis about tech, I think you're very right. I mean, tech's a portion of the country, but not really what he wants. I mean, I I hate to say this. I think he wants bankruptcies. I think he he wants people thrown out of work. Uh, This is very Volcker-like. Remember, Volcker was the most hated man in America in, in 1980. We all forget that. We think he was a god. Well, he was the most hated man. Uh, so I, I oh, yeah, worry about that. inflicted a
0: lot of pain to get to, to wipe out And then,
3: you know, speaking of pain, Mike Wilson delivers
0: more pain today. What did Mike Wilson say today? Well, he's talking about 3000 on, uh,
3: on the S&P, S&P which yeah. is, uh, well, we know that that would be pretty, uh, let's just say, that suboptimal. That uh, would be I, and by way the way, David Coston comes out against the best performing group, which is the industrials, David from, from uh exactly. from exactly. Goldman. So you have... You have a situation where the long knives are out for even the few areas that are working. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that people have gotten too negative is my take. But then this morning, I'm listening to someone on, 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 speak with Katessa talking about how retail's rushing in. I don't see retail rushing in. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that. Uh, I think retail focused on Bitcoin. When I speak to people, they talk to me about Bitcoin. They don't talk about anything else. Right. Which is really strange because there's some really, I mean, why don't people talk to me about Merck? Yep. I wrote a piece this morning about Merck uh, for uh, the Merck Sharpen Dome, actually. Historical piece for the club. Okay. And what it reminds me of is, is that there are a lot of high quality companies that you can just buy and put away. And they've done quite well during this period, even. Uh, and it's not like, okay, Merck's going up because of a recession. No. This company's got its, really got its.
0: Together. It does. And it's also had a very good move this year, up some 42 percent over the course of the year.
3: All right. Some of and that it came is going to
0: be softer. Some, some was November. and some was their so own success. Their Listen, their I reported company. a lot on their COVID raised viral antiviral molnipiravir, which has done very well, not in the States, but around the rest of the world. Uh, plus, plus obviously a number of other
3: franchise, very Petruda. good. Um, I, I, just, wanna,
0: I do want to come back, though, sure, to Wilson up? in particular, because yeah. he does seem to be the ax in this market. As I sort of said last week, he seems to have some uh... algorithm staple to him you know what he says and then they do the quants put into action and so jim i'm looking here you know and this of course is the key question of so many other market participants at least the one i speak to which is what will earnings look like next year have we really seen the deterioration in outlook that we can say this multiple is reflective of that and he says the earnings outlooks worsen we feel right. more confident about our negative operating leverage thesis Ironically, client pushback to that view has increased over the last few months, which we think is directly related to the rise in equity prices and the view that everyone is bearish. The market isn't always efficient in pricing major earnings downturns before they arrive. He says we further compare today to August two thousand eight.
3: Yes, yeah. And but he then, uses a number of key metrics. You and I
0: remember that. The right. But then right? he says it's the market not. Market hung in there for way longer than we thought, while the right. bond market and obviously fixed income was was falling apart. I mean. That was—Fed didn't know what they were doing. No, that I thought was that, was that was an period. unfair
3: comparison. We, we, but a great tactical outlook bounce. Uh, look, the guy's been very right. I mean, you know, we're, I, it's very hard to criticize someone who's been as right as he's been. But the one thing I would point out is as soon as you bring up 2008, then you're talking about systemic risk. And so what he does is he says it's like 2008, but it's not, there's no systemic
0: risk. Well, no. no. I mean, that's— He's just talking about it from an earnings perspective. Earnings that, perspective. In fact— people miss that at that point in the fall of 08, you still were not really looking at what was no, going to be significant earnings decline. climb. Me I
3: mean, to watch, I
0: mean, I would watch the stock of J.P. Morgan.
3: Yeah. I would watch Bank of America because those are the ones who would be most at risk for earnings. We saw some ne- uh, negative news about Capital One last week in terms of, uh, of of credit problems, not credit problems itself for the customers, right? which is very different. Um, they're used to it. They can handle it. I happen to like the company very much. But, you know, David, when I read this, I just say, uh, come on. Uh, you didn't need to take the... T- don't, don't invoke 2008. Invoking, invoking 2008, no matter what you do, is
0: invoking something that says you must it, sell right now. It, it scares people. But again, I think his point is not... It
3: scares you or it, dis- well, or it concerns well, it, you?
0: It can, it can concern people right. because you're talking about a period of right. I maximum read it. fear. I
3: read it immediately. I started looking at, okay, even the mighty Dow... The Mighty Dow, we call it, my team. I, th- I read that people for may have money, got Ben it. Stoda, Yes. calls it the Mighty Dow. The Mighty Dow. Yeah, okay. the Mighty Dow. It's like the Mighty Eighth during World War II. Yeah. Uh, but I look at this and I say, okay, Mike, you got a real beat on things. What would have been great to say is the earnings are going to be very weak, uh, much weaker than people think, uh, but then we're going to look it over because it depends where bonds are. I mean, It's more complicated. But I think that your mention about Algos is so true that people just and, and by this, by the way, when this piece came out, this is when I saw the
0: future strike. The future's turn. Yeah. Right. Because we were futures looking were fine. We were looking as though we were just coming into a, what would be a, at least an up yeah. open. Uh, and then Wilson came out with the piece. And yeah. I mean, are. this
3: piece was kind of like uh, it's very like the Patriots or the um, that
0: was the Colts. Incredible. Well, the page that was not me. I know, that I, was I've never seen anything quite like that. No, and like Saturday, yesterday was amazing. Saturday I mean, Saturday that way. football. Was By nice. the way, also I know you're an American football guy. Did you watch the World Cup final?
4: I mean, no, the rest of the
0: world it. has I, a football that's different than ours. I, and I'll tell you, that was one of the greatest sporting okay, events so, right, I have ever seen. All right, so I, I'm watching it. I turned to my wife and I said, "I
3: think got to buy Argentina. If I could buy stock, I got anything from Argentina, I'll take." I mean, because that's that's how important i mean the, i don't know what this whether they have like a you know kind of a short or you got to cover your shit i don't
0: know what the rate of inflation in argentina is but i will tell you something they were partying like crazy yeah well i'll tell in you in a, I, call me a buyer of argentina and they should be oh what a match what a match all right when we come back uh we're going to talk about the eu it's charging meta with antitrust violations linked to its online online classified ad service and later this hour I'm not going to want to miss this. We're going to have the CEO of Costco join us. Craig Isn't Jelinek. That great? It is great. Inflation, the consumer, so many different things you can learn from Mr. Jelinek. Take a look at futures. Of course, we talked about what, you know, we came in not that long ago, looking like we we're going to be up. You can see what's Wilson. happened since then. Mr. Wilson. It's Mike Wilson and the algorithms could be a new band. We're back after this.
4: The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all electric ZDX. The ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
2: Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt, or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right?
0: Meta, once again under scrutiny from across the Atlantic European Union regulators, charging the company with antitrust violations, they accuse it of distorting competition by tying its Facebook marketplace online classified ad service to the Facebook social network. Meta could face a fine of up to 10 percent of annual revenue if the European Commission determines that antitrust laws have been violated. Now, Meta is responding. Uh, it's saying, listen, uh, quote, we continue to work. It's disputing the allegations, but then saying as well, they continue to work with regulatory authorities to demonstrate that our product innovation is pro-consumer, pro-competitive. You see, it always seem to be one-day stories, sort of the EU well, is I, doing this or that. That said, they are way far further ahead of us on a number of issues, privacy obviously yes. being a key one in the EU and how it relates to so many social networks. Well, I found a quiz much of
3: person it. Found a qui- I don't think we need to go in that. Again. No, we don't. No, we don't. Um, I found it quizzical because of the way that they determine what uh, the punishment is. We'll take this percentage of the revenues. No, David, uh, Facebook's not doing that well, okay? And the idea that they're tying anything to anything, I think we'd say, well, I, they can't tie their shoes right now, so they're not tying their revenues. And I think that what, what matters to me when I read that is that we've been piggy banks for them endlessly. <laughs>
0: Right, our companies are like that. I mean, Alphabet. Well, Alphabet has also run into the EU quite a few times. Quite a few. Yes. Um, Again, sometimes it's privacy. It it depends. Sometimes it is antitrust. When it comes to Meta, Jim, it was a bright spot towards the end of last week. Uh, Some uh, analyst notes, cost discipline. Stock actually was up versus a down market. Um, Unclear whether this sort of stops any potential momentum.
3: Well, I think that. The momentum for FANG is non existent. I think it's better to own um, Norfolk Southern. You do? Yeah. I'd rather own Norfolk Southern. I'd rather own CSX. I'd rather own UPS, which doesn't have the FedEx. You'd rather own uh,
0: Caterpillar, my fair uh, to say? (laughs) Caterpillar,
3: right? I mean, Caterpillar is like, what, Europe's going to take 10% of Caterpillar's revenues? They'd be full of Caterpillars there. John Deere. How about Deere? John about- Deere is a horse. That was one of the best quarters I've ever seen. So, you know, you compare John Deere with, say, uh, well, let's say Facebook. Metaverse. I mean, I, look, I think the good news of Metaverse is that I don't believe Zuckerberg spending as much time on Metaverse as they're spending right. time on the rest. But Deere, I mean, wow. Agriculture is the greatest business in the world right now. All right. Think about your mad dash
0: because that's what we got. That's what we got coming up. Of course, we'll get to some research this morning, a lot of other stocks that will be moving. One more look at futures as well. We're about nine minutes from an opening bell here. You can see things turned a bit. We're going to be down perhaps uh, ever so slightly at the opening.
4: Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights Technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com.
0: All right, welcome back. Time for uh, Jim's Mad Dash. We're going to do this one together because it's an area that I focus on and it's a call from a firm that we follow closely, Moffitt, Nathanson, upgrades Verizon, not saying a lot here, and downgrades upgrades, AT&T. Now, uh,
3: Craig Moffitt, he is, I'd say, the most thorough analyst in this group. Uh, his issue here, you know, there's been some outperformance AT&T.
0: Yeah, without outperformance
3: a doubt. Verizon. And he does take issue with how good the cash flow is at AT&T. I come back, David, and I say that there is no reason to reach for the 6% yield at AT&T. There are a lot of people out there who want yield, and I suggest that it's much more difficult to find and much more, much more uh, disconcerting when you buy a 6% yielding stock than it is saying it's a bargain. Right. Now, they've already
0: cut their dividend. They have so that yield is you know it's a significant yeah. yield. They have a $17 price target. By the way, not much changed here. They da- they downgraded AT&T, but they got 17. They upgraded Verizon, but they stuck with their same price target of 41. Right. The 17. is is sum of the parts, Jim. Terminal in- multiple of seven times EBITDA to mobility. Terminal multiple of four and a half times for the business wireline segment and seven times on consumer wireline. Um, Latin America, Dave? Latin America? Five AT. times, yeah. ATT. I, I mean, Latin America business. Anyway, that's they, the weighted cost. Average cost of capital, 6.1%. They get to a $17 sum of the right. parts.
3: But, you know, I come back and I look that's at this. That's at t Here's Verizon, and, you know, which they've they They've been very good on cable by being cautionary. Yep. I've been very good about this by being cautionary. And I just come back and say, look. Go buy T-Mobile. I know that you don't necessarily want yield if you buy T-Mobile, but
0: T-Mobile's on fire. T-Mobile's the, the big success story. And yeah, by far, is. the market cap leader, of course, amongst these telecom companies, having surpassed them all the, been during the course They've of this, just this year. Just
3: yeah, 155 for uh, Verizon, 130 for T,
0: 170,
3: yeah. eight, 80 for, for uh, T-Mobile. Now, yeah. David, T-Mobile is also thinking a lot more about the challenge table. Yeah. These guys are
0: all worried about their capital structure. And they have a... Right. You're, you're right. Uh, all right. We're going to keep an eye on all those shares. Of course, we've got an opening bell only a few minutes away for you. And that will be followed by an exclusive with Costco CEO, Craig Jelinek. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back. Of course, we get an opening bell about a minute and a half from now. We've talked a bit about a change in futures as a result of Mike Wilson, the very well-followed strategist at Morgan Stanley. Oh, yeah. Who talks about earnings outlook deteriorating and further comparisons to August of 08, not from a systemic concern, no, but, but more just from a market that is underestimating the damage from the Fed, in this case, right. to what it will mean for the ability of companies to earn as much as perhaps they thought they would in 2023 and all the uncertainty the that comes I, look, along with that. I think the Fed should play for time because. If you're a CEO,
3: you're really hesitant to fire people this week or the next week, the holiday week. You do it in January. So I, I think that these negative pieces are not taking into account that there could be a colon. Uh The week ago, the stronger and stronger, hence Costco
0: today, strong. Right, right. Uh, yeah, looking forward to asking Delanick about those things. Uh, Jim, of course, as we wait for an opening bell here, let's actually get to it. Uh, you can take a look at the real-time exchange to see if we end up with more green on that board. And we get a opening
1: bell right now. We're sure at the good board, by the way. Cabin Manufacturer, Master Brand, Celebrating and Celebrating, and
0: Fortune Brand. Over at the NASDAQ, it's the Association of Foreign Press Correspondents in the United States. Doing the honors. Where do you want to start, Jim? Fortune
3: Brands has made a lot of money for people. That's the endless breakup. Endless breakup, right? Right.
0: I mean, right down to Jim Beam. Fortune Brands, yes,
3: yes, a lot of different, right,
0: exactly. uh, Jim Beam. I mean,
3: it was the ultimate decontaminization, I guess. Uh, uh, David, look, I I do want to go back to something quizzical today. Why did Binance, which we know we had CZ on this, we can run. Yep. Why did they buy uh, Voyager? which is a failed outfit. I, I keep coming back to it. Is there just this endless attempt to try to stabilize Bitcoin in the face of what could be a big change in the SEC, an SEC sweep as John Reed Stark, a must-follow on in Twitter? He was in enforcement for 18 years. And what he's basically saying is there was a big change with the SEC in that Gensler's basically had it. Uh, you either comply, the runway's very short, he said, or now it seems like the runway would be over. Right. One of the things I think it's happened is that I know that, I don't know if you know Hester Pierce. She was appointed by. I
0: two. do, I do. Well, We've she, had Hester Pierce on, yeah, well, I believe. She,
3: she has been um, very, very anti regulation. And yeah. I think that the Sandbank, Bank of Fried, has really changed everybody's mind about regulation. Now, she gave a, a very powerful interview. I mean, when I say powerful, I mean, like, troubling February 25, 2022, where she said she was barren. She goes, there isn't any clarity around who, if anyone, should be regulating crypto exchanges. There's nothing in the rulemaking agenda that says we're going to create a registration regime. And then she also says it'd be difficult to regulate. Well, that's all over. Yeah. She clashed with Gensler. It's all over.
0: Well, Sherrod Brown, the uh, senator from Ohio, who was a guest yesterday with uh, Chuck Todd, Uh, on Meet the Press shares a similar uh, viewpoint. Take a listen. Are you at all concerned that if government decides crypto should be regulated, it's actually giving a green light to something that maybe some folks ought to think ought to be banned? Senator Tester isn't sure it should be legal.
3: Yeah, I I share that thought. Um, I think, though, that what we need to do now is, as I said, get Treasury to get all the different agencies. The agencies so far that have stepped up the most are, are Gensler at SEC and Russ Bamm at, at, um, at, at the Commodities Future Trading Commission. That's a more narrow jurisdiction he has. But um, we want them to do what they need to do at the same time. Uh, maybe banning it, although banning it is very difficult because it will go offshore, and who knows how that will work. So this is a complicated, unregulated uh, pot, of, pot of money it's been in, a, in so many ways.
0: Chairman of the Senate Banking Committee.
3: Right. Now, look, I think that Powerful center, Iowa all centers, powerful, but I would point out that Gary Gensler has not thought it was that difficult. He, right. he just wants it to, wants them to comply, like anyone else would comply uh, to securities. Yep. And that that's been the law of the land for years and years and years. So I think it's something to watch. I think it's another good reason to get out uh, of um, of these uh, and to worry about the exchanges because I think that if the SEC does the so-called crypto sweep. That John Reed Stark is talking about again. This man's 18 years in enforcement. Yeah, And you, know, you can get back in after if you really want to be in it. But he's not talking about a ban by any means. No, no that man. seems impossible. That's off the table. All that Ganser wants is shine the light. The sunlight is the best disinfectant. Louis Brandeis. He just wants Brandeis' yeah. his, uh, doctrine to apply to this. Well, I, very well, reasonable.
0: Sam Bankman-Fried may be on our uh, our soil soon. Yeah, be on that. U.S. Uh, yeah, coming back, agreeing to expedition. And what would that mean? I have no idea. Well, I mean, I think that maybe he actually would he be able to make
3: bail. Well, he is trying to confess his way out of jail, yeah, that which my work. friends and the my the friends of mine who went to law school with me have said that it is a ill-advised strategy.
0: Yeah, there is uh, Mr. Bankman-Fried, of course, perhaps maybe back on these Can shores. Can we talk about Jane Street for a second? You want to talk about Jane Street. Okay, right. you, you know what, when you talk about Jane Street, you need to explain what it is to exactly. people. It's the num- it was always considered to be the hardest hedge fund
3: to get a job at okay. because everyone's so brilliant. So before we criticize everybody who gave money to Sam Bankman-Fried, you have to understand, you, you probably thought that Jane Street vetted this man and that that vetting, What's the relationship what, between
0: Jane Street and Sam Beckham-Fried? When he, he worked there. He
3: worked there. And, okay. and that so, what, I mean, you know, let's say we all feel that everybody was a, uh, not showing any diligence when they put money with him. Well, I mean, I think that it's one of these things with the imprimatur of Jane Street. Gave people
0: confidence.
3: What? Gave people no, more than that.
0: Right. Said, oh my God, I have if a chance. If those guys hired him and he worked right. there, then so, that I means mean, it, that he's genius and. Listen, right. Nobody's disputing that he may be a very, very smart man. Well, but we probably think... But that doesn't necessarily mean that when I do my due diligence, I just accept the fact that he's very smart for being that he also is ethical.
3: Well, David, I can't agree more. I think anyone... I would like to look into anyone who... I mean,
0: particularly when the current CEO says there were no records of anything. So what did anybody ask for? I'm sorry, I don't give a pass at all. Okay. At all to any of these VCs. I completely agree. They have a job to do. They have investment committee meetings. I mean, what were they doing? I
3: am coming up with... Any reason I can for the lack of rigor of people who I thought were rigorous. I mean, can a Sequoia bi- biography that was taken away? I, I mean, I happen to think of the world's Sequoia. I think they're fabulous. But David, there yeah. are people who, who could uh, say, you know what? I was at Jane Street, give me money. And they wouldn't ask as many questions as they might you're, otherwise. You're
0: very right, right. All right, I want to get back to our markets, to some news this morning. Actually, M&A news uh, L3 Harris acquiring Aerojet Rocketdyne. Uh, many people may have already seen this deal yeah. and take a look at how the stock is if you thought this company might have was once Going to be acquired. Well, of course, you're right. Remember Lockheed Martin had a deal to acquire it until it was supposed by the FTC And it was February of this year uh, When in fact uh, They terminated that deal that is Lockheed There was all sorts of tumult on um, Aerojet Rocketdyne's board or in Liechtenstein. I mean it was some real drama But at the end of the day, they come back with another deal here. It's $58 a share in cash, um, and they expect to close it in 2023. I would note in the press release itself, to those who might worry, even though the concerns here on regulatory are not high, uh, they say, Jim, we've heard the DoD leadership loud and clear. They want high-quality, innovative, and cost-effective solutions to meet both current and emerging threats. And they are relying upon a strong competitive industrial base to deliver those solutions. Uh, I, I think, look, I, Mr. Q is a
3: very smart guy, and I'm not in the military, nor am I on the uh, FTC, nor am I part of the antitrust outfit that uh, Jonathan Cantor is. No.
0: You're not any of those things. You're but I'll say this. guy at TV wears a nice I, tie. I will say this, thank yeah. you.
3: Good luck. Luck, 3 Harris, destroying your stock, and also uh, doing a deal that was already rejected when Jim Tait, who is Lockheed Martin's. Wow. Yeah, oh yeah, no, no. There's no. But the what the Department of Defense has told me over and over again is we want we want competition.
0: Competition, right, in particular, in, in this key area.
3: Right. So I mean, the idea that they but you know, David, look. Why not? What's I mean? What's the breakup fee? I don't know. L3 Harris was a, such a good company. I, I recommend it over and over again, and
0: this is not what I wanted to see. Interesting. Well, maybe uh, you know, maybe we'll get some questions in there then, because he's yeah, going to. Well, it raises gonna, more uh, questions He will be answers. joining us, of course, in the ten o'clock. But speaking of questions, I know you have a few for the CEO of Costco. Oh, well, so now, take it away.
3: Thank heavens we have something that is just so important and so bright. Okay. Uh, let's bring in one of my absolute favorites, candidly, and big, big, big position for my channel, Charles, uh Craig Jelinek, the CEO of Costco. Uh, you know, Craig, it's a, it's a joy to have you on. Tell us what is hot this week for Christmas.
1: You're much too kind. Actually, probably some of the things that are hot is uh, PlayStation, things like that. Gaming is still relatively uh, strong out there. Apple is still strong, although there can be some issues... Uh, getting product at the moment but uh, particularly phones but uh... overall it's probably not one of the most exciting christmases i've ever uh... dealt with and uh, i think that has a lot to do with the uh... consumer being a little bit careful going on going into next year
3: well let's talk about the oddity of costco and costco's product i once uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I once talked about on air the trade down uh, with Kirkland, and I was quickly uh, upgraded to talk about, it's the trade up, of which something I always agreed, I don't know why, but it's, a, it's a, anything that is the name of a company, and Kirkland's your name, makes me feel that, well, perhaps that Rich Clancy was right to say bad things about my view as CFO. How's Kirkland brand doing versus the name brands?
1: Kirkland Signature continues to grow market share on uh, everything that uh, we sell. You know, it's our brand. Uh, It's one name, one brand. We put it on everything from alcohol to luggage. And it continues to take uh, market share as we continue to uh, figure out how we continue to lower prices in that brand. So our Kirkland Signature is, uh, you know, one of our real strengths in our company and for the consumer.
3: You know, I want to go back to something you said about Apple and inability to get product. You've got some fantastic operations in China. You also have been, I think, the number one retailer when it comes to safety for the people who work at Costco. So how are you rationalizing what's going on in China with your commitment to the safety of people who work at Costco?
1: You know, one thing about China right now is uh, they've had lowered uh, lack some of the uh, restrictions over there, but right now COVID is on a real rise in China and it's affecting our business over there. They're, they, Although they have not shut down the Shanghai yet, they continue to recommend people stay in uh, while COVID is exp- uh, moving forward over there so it's it's been complicated in china i'm concerned about what happens to china next year in terms of factories and things like that you know a lot of product uh whether you like it or not continues to come out of china particularly in the non-food merchandise so it could be foresee be a problem going into next year
0: speaking of next year craig it's david in answer to jim's first question you said just now the consumer is being a little bit careful going into next year uh, just give give us a little more sense as to why you say that. What you're seeing, what your expectations are about that being a little bit careful.
1: Well, one of the things that we're seeing, although we're selling a lot of TVs, our TV when I say a lot, our TV business is up, but only in units, not in dollars. So some of the real higher end TVs we don't see selling at this point. Uh, furniture, which was one of our strengths, is relatively flat. We're not seeing big increases in furniture. You also have a much higher cost of goods and furniture because as you know, when this stuff started rolling, your container costs were much more expensive coming out of Vietnam than they are right now. What's starting to happen now, which I think is gonna help deflation, is that merchandise now starting to come out of Asia is actually going down in price because of the the container costs are starting to drop significantly for where they were six months ago and even a year ago. So I think I that's going to help us in terms of deflation. I think right now, you know, unemployment is still in a relatively good place, but every time you turn around, particularly in some of the technology jobs, people seem to be getting laid off. And I think people are saying, wait and see, and let's see what happens going into uh, next year. Now, I'm not an economist. That's strictly an opinion. Our food sundry business, our fresh business, our travel business continues to be be very strong. Also is there any our tire way that
0: you're is strong. sorry? Is there any way you're positioning the company in a bit of a different way than you than you have typically, because of your expectations or what you're seeing for next year?
1: I think we're being very careful in terms of what we buy in jewelry, televisions, and probably furniture. And maybe relatively careful next year of what's going to happen in apparel.
3: All right, so uh, I've got to ask you, Craig. Mr. Glantz, you on the last conference call, the CFO, Uh, said that if people raise price and raise price and raise price, your suppliers, and then you start seeing that there are fewer reasons to raise price, or even that they should lower price, then Costco will act as the arbiter and say, lower those prices. Have you begun to tell some of the suppliers, given the fact that things have eased, say with containers and supply chain, it's time for you to cut prices to us?
1: Absolutely. And that's continuing going on during COVID. We will continue to do that. One of the things about us also that we have a limited selection of SKUs. We can also figure out how to negotiate with a lot of different suppliers. So we're working very hard to continue to bring prices down. And we, that's what we do. You pay to shop with us and uh, our job is to lower prices. We're the price police.
3: You are the most, I think, the most powerful and aggressive force in retail and that you basically have said to big companies, hey, listen, if you don't do this, you don't have to sell at Costco and everyone has to sell at Costco. So are we starting to see some things come down? I'm trying to gauge right now the inflation rate in the country, uh, at least for goods, given that that you have tens of millions of customers
1: who know that you are going
3: to be the price arbiter.
1: I think you're starting to see prices come down on certain things that are made with resin. You're starting to see that lumber is starting to come down. One of the problems that you have with even meat prices are coming down. If you look at eggs, eggs are not coming down, but that's a whole different issue. That's based on the uh, alien flu right now that's taking this toll on uh, flocks. So you're going to see eggs increasing over a period of time. That has nothing to do with COVID or anything else. Uh, bacon will start to come down. The price of pork bellies is coming down. It's things that may continue to go up a little bit. You know, uh, detergents, the chemicals seem to be going up a little bit for detergents. And also, some of the paper goods are starting to go up because of the cost of uh, paper. So, I think you'll balance it out. But uh, I see, in my opinion, particularly of just supply and demand. You're going to start to see prices start to slowly start to come down after the first of the year. Again, that's an opinion. I'm not an economist. No, that, <laughs> One that thing would be that's terrific. The issue will be labor. Yeah.
3: Now, uh, let's go in there. Uh, labor, yeah. You uh, historically have spent a lot of time. Uh, telling people, and I think this is correct, that it's just dead weight loss when you have to hire a new employee because you have to spend so much time training them, they make mistakes, so you have the best retention of any retailer in the country. You also pay the best and have the best benefits. Uh, Why would you ever have to worry about employment unless there's just so few people out there that when you have someone retire
1: and you you bring someone new, they're hard to find? That is becoming a Problem As I say, it's still very popular. Not so much a problem for us in the retail industry, but you need people that want to work in the retail industry. And one thing about the retail industry, it's not a job that you can work from home. It just doesn't work that way if you're in the brick-and-mortar business. So, we know, we have to continue to look at our wages, look at our benefits, and continue to make sure people want to come here and have careers in the retail industry.
3: Wow. Okay, well, mixed picture inflation, always great picture, Costco, and fantastic to have you, Craig Jelinek, who is the CEO of Costco. To me, the greatest retailer in the world. Thank you, Craig.
1: You guys have a great holiday. Thank you. You too. You
0: too. You too. Great to have him.
3: Camus, once, uh, I was at, when I was last yes, with the Mr. wine Jelinek. brand, yes. Right. And they had a bottle for $78 that I had just paid $100 for it. Very good one. And I said to, uh, to Rich Glanty to see if I you must lose up the fortune that he goes do you not understand we're about volume not about price and I loved it because it shows you why Costco's the bargain it's a membership club I did not bother to ask whether they're going to raise membership fees they because will. they never say that right I didn't bother to ask about whether they do a special dividend because they've said if not when so make those points that these are wasted questions but the inflation questions were were troubling for me because I wanted to hear yeah, that he pay-through wasn't come back. went through a lot,
0: of, back, through a lot of different products, both good and bad, and obviously their view of the consumer. A lot, right. a lot of interesting stuff in there. Totally. As a reminder, you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up, find out more at cnbc.com the club, or just point your phone at the QR code on the screen. Before we uh, head to break, let's give you a quick a look at the bond market. Take a look at how treasuries are faring this morning in our bond, our bond report. You can see yields uh, up two years at 4228. Well ahead, though, still of that 10-year course. We talked about that inversion a lot and what it means. We'll be right back. Take a look at shares at Disney. Uh, had been down as much as 3%. Uh, domestic box office and international for the uh, Avatar sequel. Ten years later, uh, what is it, The Way of Water? Not as, not as strong as had been hoped um, now, listen, in China, where the first one did incredible numbers, as you just heard from Craig Jelinek, they got a COVID problem. And right now, a lot of people, even though the theaters are open, don't want to go. Uh, we'll keep an eye on those shares. Of course, the movie's going to be out there for some time, not facing a lot of competition. We're back after this. All right, we got a little time for uh, stop trading. What do you got? You know, David, I read a piece of
3: research this morning by Stiefel, Downgrading waste management, uh, free cash flow growth remains negative, lowering the 10-year free cash flow growth outlook. And I just want to say that I'm, I did a, a conference call last week about some, five mistakes and five good things I did for my chapter trust yep. as part of the investing club. And, and one of the things I left out was that I sold the stock based on the same kind of story, and I sold it 35 points a day. So all I'm saying is, is that waste management is a darn good company. I was worried about free cash flow, so I dumped it. And that, you know, Jim Fish, who runs, uh, who, who runs waste management, came on the show. And basically, said, "Look, you know, everything's pretty good. I don't think this is a piece that I would follow. Okay. I think that waste management is uh, the class of the field. I think the industry is doing quite well, uh, and I think that you're getting a very rare chance to buy a quality stock down a great deal. All right. Uh, what have got on Mad tonight? Not, well, I'm still going to follow this. I know it's a tiresome thing, David, Tell me. but I am going to talk about the crypto, okay. the SEC crackdown that I see coming because uh, I know that enforcement has been eager and these,
0: the critics an important story, regulation. Dude. You, should, you shouldn't apologize no, for it. It's an important story. One of the, the commissioners commission- had been really
3: making it very difficult for Gensler to take action. I think that commissioner has now been taken out of the equation. And I think Gensler's going to say, listen, get in compliance or get out.
0: And if you're in these stocks, including Coinbase, yep. it, it could be ill-advised. Coinbase has continued a lot of focus on Binance. Uh, Jim, we'll see you later. Yeah, it was really good. If not before. Thank you. Good, I'm glad. We got a really good. That's pretty good. I'll take that. All right, coming up, the CEO of L3, Harris, on uh, oh. that company's deal. How to am I pushing luck? Aerojet but- Rocketdyne. Yeah, Jim's a little, uh, little skeptical. Because we'll I here. like the
3: company by itself. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
2: What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, Today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.